0: ahead and turn to the book of first john i'd mentioned that you know i've been praying about uh what to preach on and teach on on wednesday nights god uh i felt like maybe we need to go to the book of romans uh, but after i talked to a few people um, uh, Brother Billy had gone through the book of Romans not too long ago for Sunday school And so I just felt like maybe we didn't uh, need to do that And uh, so God's, I'm still kind of figuring out some things here uh, But um, this led me to a passage here in the book of First John I love the book of First John And there was a time in my life I really delved into it It maybe need to again one of these days uh, But uh, tonight I just want to preach a message uh, on the true God And uh, we'll get to the text here in just a moment. Again, we'll be in 1 John chapter 5. And uh, Jesus was once asked by Pilate, what is truth? Um, Now, this came from a statement that Jesus made. Uh, You know, he was bearing witness to the truth and that everyone that is of the truth hears his voice and knows him. Um, And that's when Pilate asked, I believe probably with somewhat of a sneer, you know, what is truth? And really, that's the battle for a lot of people, amen, is, is truth. In other words, uh, uh, I, I suppose, you know, you know unbelief uh, is the devil's tool for sure, amen. I mean, he, he wants to um, uh, feed us with unbelief. And, and what I mean by that is certainly to what the Word of God says, you know. Um, the devil would have you think today that there is no truth, right? That there is no right, there is no wrong. Uh, but the Word of God says that there is, and I think most, uh, you know, reasonable-thinking people, uh, once faced with the truth, uh, I said reasonable-thinking people, right, faced with the truth, they accept it, you know. Um, there's just some things that are just, they're, you can't argue about them. It's, it's uh, you know, it's obvious. Uh, but, you know, as long as the devil can cause us to doubt, or as long as we doubt what truth really is, then we'll always remain skeptical in that area, right? You know, there will always be this doubt, okay? And that will usually bubble to the top in one way or another. And so we've said this before, and now we're, we're keeping this, you know, we're just talking about the Word of God here, okay? So our view of God really determines who we are, amen? I mean, think about that. I mean, it really determines who, or you might even say what we are. And what I mean by that is if we view God uh, in a somewhat easier, indifferent manner, then your life's going to reflect that, Right? I mean, if you're kind of just one of these is just kind of like, yeah, God, He's good, you know, uh, you know your, your life will certainly reflect that, the decisions you make, uh, no doubt about that. Now, if we view God strongly, and, and really we could look at it negatively there, negatively, there are people that have a strong view about God that's not good. In other words, it's all negative. And again, their behavior the things that they say or do will reflect that. But on the other hand, those that view God strongly in a positive way, in other words, they see him as the God of heaven, uh, certainly their life will reflect that as well. So our view of God determines who we are. And of course, we're talking about truth. And so our view of truth is certainly connected to our view of God. Um, If we doubt God, we may we may begin to wonder ourselves, what is truth? I mean, stop and think about it. Anybody that doesn't believe that there's a God in heaven who is perfect and holy and just, they're probably going to doubt a lot of things, right? I mean, because in their mind, you know, there is no truth, uh, no absolute truth, if you will. Uh, But there is. And so, uh, but if we belong to God, and I hope that we all do tonight, in other words, we, we know God, we worship and we serve God, We know there is truth, and and of course we know that truth is not an idea, right? Uh, Truth is a person. That is Jesus Christ, amen? He's the way, the truth, and the life, and that's how we need to see it. So God is truth, amen? Uh, He is uh, true, and we're going to see that here in in just a few minutes as we read the text. So I want you to understand that God and truth are always connected. We, We have to understand that. We think about how the world is today. I mean, truth, you know, of all aspects is being attacked, right? I mean, I can't believe we're even talking about some of the things we're talking about these days. Uh, Things that, that, I mean, we might as well be arguing that 1 plus 1 doesn't equal 2 anymore, right? As as some of these stupid arguments that are coming up that, that again, are just uh, any reasonable thinking person knows that that's that's not right. And, of course, uh, the devil's behind all of that. You know, he wants to attack the truth. Now, again, the truth of the Bible, uh, the truth concerning a family, concerning uh, life, and certainly the truth concerning uh, morality, even. And so, you know, man, of course, you know, in in his pride, you know, sometimes they set out to find truth, you know. But truth's never been lost. (laughs) Because truth is God, and God has always existed. Now, you see what I'm saying? It's not, truth isn't something we figure out, okay? Truth is God. If God says it, it's the truth, right? And so really, it's just our job to find out what God says because as long as God's existed, and that's been forever, truth has always existed. So truth's always existed forever. It's not figured out. It doesn't come to be, certainly by man's intellect. Truth is really uh, declared by God. You know, God declares truth. And it's up to man uh, and women as well uh, to find out that truth. So truth's always been, it's up to us to hear it. What I mean by that is to accept it. Without God, uh, man will never know the truth. Uh, without the word of God, man will never know the truth. And certainly we see that reflected in our society today. So I want us to see what the true God says. And so i want to ask you, if you will, to go ahead and stand. If you're physically able uh, tonight in reverence uh, to the things of God, you know, we always want to uh, reverence to things of God, right? So first John chapter five, notice there verse 13. Notice what Paul says. He says, these things, and of course we're coming to the close of the book. So he's talking about all the things that are mentioned in this epistle. And he says, "These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know. Amen that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. Uh, That's a pretty serious statement, isn't it? Uh, I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us understanding that we may know Him that is true, uh, even... I'm sorry, true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. Notice, this is the true God and eternal life. Notice truth and eternal life being connected there. And he says in verse 21, Little children, Christians, believers, keep yourselves from idols. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the Word of God tonight. Help us, Lord, to focus in on what you'd have us to understand, and we'll, we'll thank you and love you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray, amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. So we saw there in verse 20, uh, certainly there is, uh, you know, the true God, that would be Jesus Christ. You know, I, I mentioned a while ago, you know, math or what have you, two plus two equals four, you know. Uh, has there, has there been a time that 2 plus 2 hasn't equaled 4? No, it's always equal 4, right? Uh, if the Lord tarries a thousand years from now, guess what? 2 plus 2 will equal 4, right? Doesn't matter where you're from, what's going on, that's an absolute truth, right? So we know there are absolute truths, even on a secular level. Uh, now, we, we think about that equation, 2 plus 2 equals 4. You can't take anything away from it. You can't leave anything out or add anything, because if you do, uh, you alter the result, Amen. And so we, we understand that, that that's truth. Uh, and again, it's the same thing with, with God's Word, amen. It's absolute. Just as much as 2 plus 2 equals 4, what God says is true, amen. And we know God's Word is truth. Uh, that is His principles, His statutes, His commands. All those things add up to truth. You cannot take away from it. You cannot add to it. You cannot ignore it. You cannot alter it. Uh, because if you do, you alter the result. And once the result is altered, the truth is gone. It becomes an untruth. So it's absolute truth. You say, okay, preacher, I understand that. But you know, what, are, what are you getting at? Well, when it comes to being a Christian, and we've read some, some scriptures there, uh, when it comes to being a Christian, there is a truth connected to it. Amen. Amen. Um, there's things that have to add up, right? Uh, in other words, I believe we live in a today of what I would just call easy believism. Almost anyone could be considered a Christian today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, just simply say, well, I believe in God. And, or maybe I've been baptized or, you know, some other type of work or ritual that you've held to. Um, and uh, if, if you've done that uh, at some time in your life, then some say, okay, well, you hold the truth. Okay? Um, Yet there are, I would say, essentials that a soul uh, should or must possess to be a Christian. Amen. (laughs) You know, Jesus says there's one way, one truth, and one life, Uh, not many. Uh, And again, if we're talking about truth, to take away those essentials is really to deny the truth. Uh, Again, you alter the ending, you alter the sum. And so the Apostle John, in a very old age by now, uh, the same one who wrote the Gospel of John that is inspired by God to write, he wrote this second epistle, uh, first epistle, actually, and there's three of them. They're, they're all pretty short. But the Apostle John, he pinned down what I would just say some essential truths, again, concerning the true God. So here we go. Number one, the true God gives assurance. You know, the true God says we can know that we have eternal life. <clears throat> you know, you, you, you uh, engage people with the Gospel and, <clears throat> and say, you know, are, are you going to go to heaven? Uh, well, you know, can, you know, a lot of times I'll hear, well, I hope I am. Can we really know? You know or I'll know when I get there. Uh, but that's not what the Bible teaches, right? Uh, not just anywhere, but, or not just here, but other places as well. Uh, so we read there in uh, 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 13 again. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may what? Know that you have eternal life. Amen and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What a great encouragement tonight. Uh, These things, now you know, you say, what do you mean these things? And again, if you used to go back and kind of just jot some things down uh, throughout this uh, epistle, some of them are repeated for emphasis. Uh, uh, Really what he's showing is what I would call certain uh, birthmarks, if you will, that reveal truth. Uh, We do not get these birthmarks what I'm saying is these things in our life before we get saved but after we're saved amen and uh, sometimes I'll say this sometimes we don't even really realize them you know that we have this we'll say spiritual birthmark a lot of times so after we've grown some it's it's amazing how God works and that keeps us humble but these things that he's talking about are seen throughout this whole epistle uh, and again, we're not going to read it all, but you know, he talks about having fellowship with Jesus Christ, walk, walking in the light, realizing we're sinners. Uh, he talks about keeping his commands, uh, uh, walking as Christ walks, doing his will, not loving this world, a lot about separation, having the word of God abide in you, looking for his coming, amen. You know, I think if we really, if, if we, if we really uh, believe that Jesus could come back at any moment, uh, we probably all, myself included, we'd probably tighten up our behavior a little bit, wouldn't we? Hey, let's just think about it, right? In other words, hey, Jesus would come back at any moment. Do you all agree with that tonight? Amen, amen. Uh, and so I think if we really believed that, I think we'd all probably uh, change some things. Uh, you know, I know I would. I can't speak for anybody else, but I know that I would. So certainly a birthmark is looking for His coming. It's living in righteousness, loving one another, having the, the Spirit of God being yielded to the Holy Spirit of God and so on. And so a lot of those are repeated for emphasis uh, sake. And John says these things there in verse 13, these things, those birthmarks that come from knowing Christ as Savior will give you the assurance that you may know that you have eternal life. Amen. Amen. And aren't you glad about that? I, hey, listen, uh, the world may try to tell us something different. Even our old flesh will try to tell us something different. But listen, we have the Word of God. He says, I, I, I write these things. I give you these things that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may know that you're a child of God. And uh, so we, we read some things there that I think are, are uh, very, uh, very important. And uh, you might say, well, Pastor, you know, do you mean if I fail and Any of those areas that you just shared, does that mean I'm not saved? Well, of course not. You know, we should never use only one verse or even one passage of Scripture to define truth, amen? We always compare Scripture with Scripture, amen? We have to see the Bible as a whole to see God's truth, because John says, even in this very epistle we're looking at too now, in the first chapter, uh, again, talking to little children, we know that uh, children of God do sin, amen? We, we do make mistakes. What John is saying, though, here, is that these things will, will be, will be these, this list I just gave you, they're going to be prominent in your life. It doesn't mean you're going to get them right every time, but they're going to be prominent in your life, uh, your normal course of life. And really what we're talking about here, there's going to be a conviction about you. There's going to be a strong conviction about you that when you do make mistakes, when you do fail, um, there's going to be an immediate response to want to get it right. Amen. And and by the way, that's assurance that you do belong to God. (laughs) And so, now we don't want to mess up, but when we do, uh, we certainly uh, uh, have uh, not fallen out of favor with God as far as salvation goes. Uh, So these things, again, conviction over wrongdoing... Even that in itself, it isn't comfortable. Sometimes it's right painful, but in a way it should give you assurance. You know? um, conviction tells us that the eternal spirit of God is dwelling in us. Amen. You know, it's not always easy to accept, but it is God dealing with us. And I know we live in a day and age where there's a lot of peace and prosperity preaching that has really clouded the minds of a lot of carnal Christians. But listen. Conviction's a good thing, amen. It reminds us, the Bible says that he chastises those whom he what? Loves. Amen. He chastises those whom he loves. And uh, so, so John, again, he's talking to little children. He's not saying, you know, you have to live all these things perfectly. But if you do mess up, listen, the Holy Spirit of God inside of you is going to convict you. You know, uh, folks that just can just disobey God uh, just on a whim and never feel convicted about it. I just have to wonder if they're really saved. Amen. Uh, And I think that's something we need to really think about. Uh, And so these things, again, prominently are found in our life. And, of course, that's always going to produce joy and happiness, uh, contentment, those types of things. So number one, the true God gives assurance. Number two, the true God hears and answers prayer. Um, I've been talking about prayer quite a bit. Um, we look there at verse uh, 14, uh, look at verse 14, chapter 5, 1 John uh, chapter 5, verse 14, and this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. That's a tremendous statement. Now let me say that, that uh, you know we got to talk about faith here a little bit. Uh, that if we do not trust God enough to keep us, in other words, to keep us saved, um, look at it this way, you know, um, if if I don't trust that God has eternally saved me, then I'm probably not going to trust Him in a lot of other areas as well, right? Does that make sense to you? I mean, if I don't think that I'm secure in Christ... Uh, if I don't think that I'm secure in God and that He can just flip me out any time, you know, out of wrath, uh, listen, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time trusting God in other areas as well. Amen? And so this is all connected. I think it's real important. And certainly if you don't trust God enough to keep you saved, certainly your prayer life is going to be hindered. Um, understanding the truth of eternal life is really, and, and the, you know uh, knowing I have eternal life, And the truth and the power of prayer, listen, they are connected. Amen. Amen. And there's a lot of people that pray to God, and I'm just going to say a God, okay, uh, that don't know anything about Him, uh, that have a wrong view of Him. I'm just telling you, certainly those prayers are going to be hindered. And if you have a family tonight, this ought to mean something to you. Uh, Think about it. Prayer is only available for those who possess eternal life. Uh, Those that have been quickened, that has been made alive. That is brought back, spiritually speaking, from the dead. Someone has said that prayer is the language of eternal life. Amen. That's exciting. But prayer, I mean, let's talk about this for just a little bit. Prayer must be faithful prayer. Remember, faith is faithfulness, right? If I can't be faithful in little things, I'm sure going to have a hard time being faithful in big things. Having faith in God is... And being faithful to God, that's that's important. Those are connected, amen? And uh, so unfaithfulness certainly is going to hinder our prayers uh, because we're not in the will of God. Uh, We must not only pray for God's will, but we also need to be in God's will, amen? The prayers of a righteous man, what's the Bible say? Availeth much. And I think that's important. I know sometimes we go through uh, stages and seasons and we say, well, my prayer life, you know, it just seems empty. My prayer life has no power. Well, I want to say this, and again, you know, I'm not a know-it-all, but, but it's probably not your prayer life that's the struggle. Um, because really, uh, prayer to God really hasn't anything to do with the way you speak. You know, uh, some people can pray eloquently. I, uh, I, you know, that's great. But prayer is talking to God, amen, and... And uh, so it's, it's not your prayer life, probably, that, that is the struggle. Your struggle is obeying and trusting God. That's your struggle, you see. Uh, you don't trust God enough to obey Him, and so your prayer life, you know, there you go, right? I mean, you're, you're trying to ask somebody from something that you don't trust enough to do what He says, Right? So that, that's usually the problem that we have today. We know there's things in our life that we have ignored. We're not trying to work on. We're not trying to find forgiveness. We just We're going to live that way no matter what. And I'm just saying that's going to certainly hurt your prayer life, but it's not the prayer per se. It's the obeying and trusting God with every aspect of your life. You're not living and walking in truth. And if you're not living in the will of God, you will not pray in His will either. Because that's the key to answer prayer. The key to answer prayer is praying in His will. Praying what He would want. Amen. And that's what we want to do. Prayer is not getting what you want. Prayer, listen, is getting what God wants for you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Because He knows what I need more than I'll ever know, right? And so, again, if you're not living the will of God, listen, you know, you're, you're fi- fighting an uphill battle. Uh, but if you're in his will, and nobody does it perfectly, John makes that clear. But if you are in his will, in other words, your normal course of life, listen, you are, you are wanting the heart of God. Hey, listen, you can be confident that God will answer your prayers because your will is really his will, and that will always come to pass. Amen to that. And uh, so the true God hears and answers prayer. The true God reveals to us the seriousness of sin. Look at verse 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. Uh, I do not say that he shall pray for it. Ooh. Now some of you might be saying, man alive, I'm in trouble tonight. And again, we want to be careful about uh, understanding truth, and we can't ignore all the other verses in the Bible and, and come up with some type of assumption here that might come into our mind. And so what he's talking about here, sinneth not, again, that's that continue, you know, to continue in the course of sin. We go back to that word conviction. You know, there are some that, hey, it doesn't bother them to not darken the doors of a church for months. They don't lose no sleep over they care less, right? Uh, uh, listen, they don't mind uh, cuss words flying out of their mouth. They don't mind drinking. They don't mind this. Oh, they say they love God, but they don't live like God. I'm just telling you there's a problem. Amen. And so, you know, now every once in a while we make mistakes. But we're talking about this sinneth not. He's talking about the continued course in sin, staying in that sin. In verse, uh, uh, verse 18, I think, uh, again, we just read it, but I want to read it again because I think it's important that we understand some things. It says there in uh, uh, verse 18, notice what it says. It says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches them not. So that, that sinneth not in verse 18 is again talking about that continued course in sin. In other words, you, know, you don't want to do that. Okay? In other words, you're staying in the continued course. Yes, you're going to make some mistakes, but you're not staying in that continued course of sin but the last part of the verse really describes a believer. But he that is begotten of God keepeth. And that word keepeth um, really means guards. He, he guards himself from things. In other words, he's made the mistake, the conviction comes, and he says, whoa, I've got to guard against this. This is something I shouldn't be doing. This is something I shouldn't be thinking, right? And so that's the, 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 the picture there. Now that describes a true believer. That describes somebody who has yielded to the conviction of the Holy Ghost in their life. Now those that just keep on going with that, again, we have to ask the question, am I really saved? Do I really belong to God? And I think that's important as we see here the seriousness uh, of, of sin. And so, my point is, is a lot of people do not take sin seriously. They make excuses for it. They blame others for it. They joke about it. Some carry it around like a badge of honor. In other words, they're proud in the rebellion against God. They think it's cute. But now, in the early church, sin was taken a lot more seriously than it is today. Amen? Especially with the body of believers. We're not talking about lost people sinning. We're talking about uh, saved people. People that have been saved sinning. And... um, You know, God uh, really did some things that shows us that. Uh, John says that some sins among believers can even lead to physical death, as we just read there a while ago. That ought to make us squirm, amen? Uh, And I believe that happens even today. Uh, You know, this is why we cannot allow our tab, if you will, to run up on God. Uh, we need to take care of those sins We need to immediately listen to the Holy Spirit's conviction And repent of those things Amen That's important And now remember God knows our sincerity He knows if we're playing games Listen he knows all about that Others may not be able to tell it but God knows But my point for tonight is Sin is nothing to take lightly God hates it He hates it And it doesn't matter if it's a small sin A medium sized sin or a big sin Hey listen he hates it all And if you sin a little sin and you don't take care of it, pretty soon you're going to be sinning big sins. Amen. We need to keep our heart tender, don't we? Amen. That's important. Now that's God, by the way, that's God's grace. He's given you opportunity to get get it back right. Amen. Get that fellowship right. But if you keep on, there is a sin unto death. You hear me, Christian? That's what that's talking about. I know it's not pleasant. I know most preachers won't say that, but that's what he's saying. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, I believe there's been a lot of rebellious Christians that God checked them out early. And I believe he'll still do that today. Amen. And I have my own reasons for, I think I've even known some personally that that's what happened to him. Now, it's, you know, I, I can't say, you know, because I can't look into her heart, but it sure makes me wonder sometimes. So sin is nothing to take lightly. Sin keeps his children from living a clean and holy life. Um, Sin in the early church, you know, you think of Ananias and Sapphira. (laughs) They lied to God, amen, God the Holy Spirit, and they died immediately. I believe they were saved. I believe they were Christians. And they lied to God, amen. Uh, And God killed them. And we read about the church at Corinth and all the terrible uh, sexual immorality that was present there in the church body, even the leaders Turning their head the other way. Paul said those that guilty should be turned over to Satan for destruction of the flesh. What do you think that means? (laughs) And certainly it could lead to death. Now this one particular instance, the guy got right. Because you read in 2 Corinthians, he got back right with God and was put back in the body. Amen. That's what, you know, restoration is God's goal here. Uh, But listen, he'll not strive with man forever, right? And uh, so, uh, But even in uh, the Corinthian church, there were a lot of people that were sick and some had actually died and so forth and so on. And so again, God takes sin uh, very seriously and, and so should we. And I'm talking about believers now. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about believers. So he takes the sin of his children seriously. Those that are living, again, as sin is no big deal, should really take heed to this epistle. Uh, The Bible clearly teaches that the true God will remove us from this world early uh, when his own children uh, are really bringing shame and dishonor to his name. So the truth is uh, that the true God takes very seriously. Finally, number four, the true God protects his children. Look at verse 18. I know these are some hard verses, but there's also some wonderful verses in here as well and we read it a while ago, but he says, and we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now remember, their normal course of life is not a sinful life. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. You know, you can't play games with the devil and win. Right? I mean, hey listen, this world will chew you up and spit you out. And uh, you know, when we read that again, you might say, boy, I'm in big trouble here. But again, we're talking about you know, the continued course of sin. That, that's what he's talking about is, you know, sineth not. Don't stay in that continued course of sin. And the last part of that verse really describes a true believer. Again, we're back to conviction. Conviction brings a true born-again believer back to God. This is something that a lost person will not do. They will not do it. Uh, and so, so I think that this is important. But conviction of the Holy Spirit in us is really... Uh, God's way, uh, one of his ways really, uh, but, but a major way of him protecting us. That's what conviction's for. It's to, it's to draw you back to his fellowship. God will even use the devil as a scourge. We think about the book of Job, although he didn't do anything wrong, but certainly uh, we think of Peter, uh, you know, Satan desires to sift you. I believe there are people that God allows that to happen to And so God will use the devil to scourge even his own, that is to bring us back around to him if necessary. But I contend with you tonight, it doesn't have to go that far. Amen. If we would just listen to the conviction in the first place. You know, little devils are easier to kill than big devils. Little fires are much easier to put out than big fires. Amen. And we need to get a hold of that. And a true child of God will certainly recognize that. But to continue on in that, you you should really think about some things. You see, God wants to protect us from this, this wicked world, amen? I mean, this, this world is, is wicked. Look at verse 19. And we know that we are of God, amen to that, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. How much of the world? The whole world. So the truth is, the world's wicked. And we got to realize that, amen? But then we see verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true And we are in him that is true, even his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Amen. What a a way to close this out. You see, the truth, again, it ties, ties all things together, doesn't it? We're back to the truth. If you're a child of God, he promises to give you spiritual understanding. He teaches us. He convicts us. He He spanks us at times, He admonishes us, He leads us, He guides us, He directs us. And all of this is based on what? His truth. Isn't that a wonderful reminder tonight? And so we have to accept His truth. That is the whole sum of it before we can understand it, before we can even begin to live it. Um, You know, unlike many may believe, God has not left man to Himself to figure out truth. Listen, young people, truth is all in old people even, truth is already figured out. It's already established by God. It's not a great experiment, amen? The truth is found in the Bible, amen? And if God says it's that way, then it's that way. If God says it's right, it's right. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. That's the truth, amen? And it's for all ages and, and all countries, doesn't matter, background, doesn't matter any of that. Listen, God's truth is truth. And the sooner we can all figure that out, the better it's going to be uh, for us. And God desires through the Bible to reveal it to us. Uh, but it has to be on his terms. Amen. And then we finish up with verse 21. Little children, believers, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. You know, uh, you know, we don't really have the issue of bowing down to idols made of wood and stone uh, today, and, but, but we do have idols out there, you know, uh, anything that keeps you away from God is an idol, right? So I wonder what might keep you from the truth tonight. What is it that keeps you away from God? What is it that keeps you out of the house of God? You know, uh, what is it, those things that have driven a wedge between you and the truth, amen? You know, Hey, listen, realize that that's really where the root of all disappointment lies is not giving proper place to the truth, not giving proper place to God in your life. When you don't do that, your life will be a mess. Your life will be a train wreck, okay? Um, There's Bible examples of it. There's examples. All we got to do is just, you know, we all know it, right? Um, listen, the truth, you need the truth, you need God. And if you want to take a little here and a little there and you want to kind of you know, run in and run out, I'm just telling you, you, you don't have the whole sum. You don't have all of it. You're not going to get what you want, amen. And you're going to continue to spiral downward. Uh, and, 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 and again, there's a lot of believers out there that uh, live a miserable life and, and uh, that's sad to hear because they have as much Holy Ghost in them as anybody does. Because this was to his little children, believers. And certainly if you're here tonight and you're not saved and don't know Jesus Christ, certainly these things would apply to you as well. But the first thing you need to do is to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Confess your sins, amen. And he'll save you by his grace. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight and maybe just come to this altar tonight.